Welcome to the series Stepping Through the Old Testament. My name is Nigel Carson and I'll be taking you through an overview of the Old Testament books. I regularly hear folks say that they find it hard to read the Old Testament because they don't understand it. This series is designed to help you know why each book was written, to give its historical background, to explain the themes within it and to help clarify the main message each book seeks to portray. Please understand that I'm not trying to give a detailed study of each book, but rather an overview or survey to help you navigate as you read and work your way through the passages. In episode one, we examine the background to the Old Testament as a whole, before we begin stepping through the book of Genesis in episode two. So let's begin with an overview of the Old Testament. God has given us a library of 66 books in the whole of the Bible. The Latin word Biblia, translated as Bible, literally means books. The 39 Old Testament books, which cover over 2,000 years, were written by a variety of authors and include many different types of literature. It's no surprise that Many people wonder how the Bible all fits together. But God didn't arrange the Bible topically so that we could study each theme individually. Rather, he arranged it around the lives of individuals and the life of the nation of Israel over many centuries. The Bible is therefore a book of progressive revelation. It's an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery. And as we set ourselves to study it, the overall picture eventually emerges and our understanding becomes clearer. The Bible is God's truth about himself and how we should relate to him. It's set in the context of history and it tells how people came to experience God for themselves. It's the story of God's redeeming work in the world but many struggle to grasp this message because they don't understand the background or the context within which the Old Testament was written. With this in mind, let's take a look at the land and countryside where the Old Testament grew out of. We begin with the geography and the landscape of the Middle East. If we are to understand the Old Testament, then there are some maps we need to look at. I think it would be worth your while to find a map of the Promised Land in the Middle East, either online or possibly within the covers of your own Bible, to give you a clearer picture of this area. The key area in the map of the Middle East is what we call the Fertile Crescent. The band of fertile land which begins at the River Nile in Egypt and stretches northeast through the land of Israel then curves southeast to the plains surrounding the Tigris and Euphrates River in what used to be called Mesopotamia. This fertile area contained the centres of power in the ancient world, with Egypt located in the west and Assyria and Babylon in the east. Israel was sandwiched between these two regions of power and much of the Old Testament is written with the struggles of these powers in the background. There are also particular times when the activities of these world powers directly affected the nation of Israel itself. 
Israel's geographical position made it an important trade route. The Syrian desert to the east of Israel meant that traders and armies from the Orient needed to cross Israel's border as they moved between Asia, Africa and Europe. A mountainous area to the southwest of the Sea of Galilee funneled travellers through the area of Jezreel and on through to Megiddo. A great road known as the Way of the Sea entered Palestine from Syria, running through Damascus and across to the Lake of Galilee. It then ran southwest via the plains of Megiddo to the coastal plain, through Lydda and Gaza to Egypt. Israel was a long, narrow corridor with a deep valley and river to its east running down to the Red Sea. To the west, Israel's boundary was the Mediterranean Sea. A road known as the King's Highway ran from Damascus in the north down Israel's eastern border and then on towards the Red Sea. Israel therefore was at the crossroads of the world with trade routes arriving from all directions and Megiddo was the strategic town where they all converged and met at one point. Just 14 miles to the north of Megiddo was the village of Nazareth, the place where Jesus lived from his youth and grew up into manhood. This location has spiritual significance God was planting his people at the crossroads of the world where they would be at the very centre or pivot of the nations. Turning now to the internal geography of the Promised Land, we see that the northern part containing the crossroads of the world was called Galilee or Galilee of the Nations as recorded in Matthew 4.15 because of the many international travellers passing through it. The southern part of Israel, called Judea, was more mountainous and isolated from the rest of the world, and this encouraged a more distinctively Jewish culture, with the capital of Jerusalem at its centre. When we look at the landmass of the Promised Land, we see it's about the same size as the country of Wales. Having become familiar with the general geography of the land, we now need to look at an outline of its history. The Old Testament books cover over 2,000 years before Christ. Genesis chapters 1 to 11 cover the prehistoric part of history, that is, the creation of the universe, the fall of man, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. The focus here is on mankind in general, but it also highlights the emergence of a godly line of people who set their hearts to follow God. We can chart the history of the nation of Israel from 2000 BC when God intervened in the life of a man called Abraham. The Old Testament period can be divided into four equal parts of roughly 500 years each. Each period has a key event a prominent person and a specific type of leadership in the nation. In the first 500 year period from 2000 BC, we find what are known as the patriarchs or historical fathers of Israel, and they included Abraham, 
Isaac, Jacob and Joseph. In the second 500 year period from 1500 BC, Israel was led by prophets. These included people from Moses to Samuel. In the third 500 year period from 1000 BC, Israel was led by kings from King Saul through to King Zedekiah. And by the fourth 500 year period from 500 BC, priests now take the leadership role. These include Joshua, a priest who returned to Judah from exile in Babylon, right through to Caiaphas the high priest who lived during the time of Christ. The timeline of the Bible is broken by two 400 year gaps of silence. The first gap comes around 1500 BC and the second at 400 BC. During these two sets of 400 years of silence, God's voice to the world was absent, so there is nothing to record in the Bible during this time. It's especially interesting to note the events in world history which took place during these two 400 year gaps. During the first years of silence before 1500 BC, the Egyptian, Indian and Chinese cultures developed and were established, while in the second 400 years of silence, just before the birth of Jesus, Greek philosophy flourished through Socrates, Plato and Aristotle. Other great figures of this time included Buddha, Confucius, Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar. So much happened which historians regard as important, but they seemed of little relevance to God. It was his history with his people which really mattered, and it was through his lens that events are recorded in the Old Testament. Let's take a brief overview of the books. Genesis chapters 12 to 50 covers the first quarter of Israel's history when the nation was led by the patriarchs. It's possible that the book of Job was written at this time, since there are parallels and similarities with the type of lifestyle the patriarchs lived. Relatively few books cover the next quarter of Israel's history from 1500 BC, but they include the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, which were all written by Moses. The books of Joshua, Judges and Ruth continue the history of that period. There are more books associated with the third quarter from 1000 BC. These are Samuel, Kings and Chronicles, plus the poetic books, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. During this third quarter and after Solomon's time, there was a civil war with the 12 tribes of Israel dividing into two parts. The 10 northern tribes calling themselves Israel and the two southern tribes calling themselves Judah. This heralded the end of the United Nation of Israel and during this time Elijah and Elisha served as God's prophets in the land. Finally, there are a large number of, prophet of prophetic books associated with the exiles of Israel and Judah. The northern kingdom of Israel fell to the Assyrians in 722 BC and many were deported from the land. 
Then the tribes in the southern kingdom of Judah were also forced into exile by the Babylonians some hundred years later. The Old Testament books covering this era contain prophecies from before the exile, during the exile and after the exile, and some Old Testament books have a mixture because the prophets overlapped. This tells us something of the importance of the exile to Israel's history. It meant the loss of the land God had promised them and struck at the heart of Israel's identity as a nation. Prophets had warned the people that they were going to lose the land and prophets also continued to comfort them when they did lose the land. There were even prophets urging them to rebuild the temple when the exiles returned to Judah some 70 years later. The books of Daniel and Esther were written in Babylon itself during Judah's exile. The prophets Ezra and Nehemiah then helped to rebuild Jerusalem and encouraged the people once they returned home again. This brief outline is enough to demonstrate that the books of the Old Testament are not always in chronological order. The chronology of the Old Testament history is different from the order in which the books appear in our Bibles today. The English Bible which we use is arranged in three sections known as history, poetry and prophecy. But the original Hebrew Bible has a different order. The Hebrew scriptures also have three clear divisions. The first five books are regarded as law. The second section is called the prophets and the third and last division in the Hebrew scriptures was called the writings. So the Hebrew Bible was divided into the law, the prophets and the writings. This division may seem odd, but it's the division that Jesus refers to when he appears to the two on the road to Emmaus and later to the ten disciples following his death and resurrection. We read about how he took them through the law, the prophets and the writings and showed them everything concerning himself. In Luke 24 verse 44 Jesus says, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Now the Psalms were part of the writings. This is the Hebrew Old Testament division that Jesus knew and accepted. As we conclude this introduction, it may seem that the Old Testament is very confusing at first sight, but this overview will hopefully help you navigate through its pages. There's no substitute, of course, for reading and rereading the Bible itself. God has inspired the Old Testament and will meet and talk with you as you read through his pages. You only have to ask him. Thank you for listening. In episode two, we shall be stepping through the book of Genesis. God bless.